change your perception of what you're looking at and everything changes. Hey, my name is Giorgio Janis and this is the How To Do Life podcast. If you've ever felt that no matter what you try, something is missing, then you're in the right place. My aim with this podcast is to begin filling in those blanks for you. So open your mind and get ready because I'm about to show you an entirely different way to look at your life. And once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. So let's get started. All right, welcome to another episode of the podcast. In this episode, I want to talk about the importance of persevering. And the reason for that is because it's something that a lot of people struggle with, myself included. And it can have a huge impact on the results that we get from our lives. And those results can be in business, they can be in our relationships, it can be in finances, in terms of savings goals. It can also be the results we get in terms of our careers. And believe it or not, I actually see a lot of this showing up in my group coaching and also my one-on-one coaching where people are having shitty days. They're just feeling like crap. And they're questioning, like, can I continue with this? Can I persevere? Do I have what it takes to get through all these difficulties in order to experience the results of the achievement that I'm looking to get? That's actually a valuable question to be asking. Because whenever we face obstacles in life, we want to ask ourselves, you know, do I have what it takes to overcome these obstacles or to navigate these challenges or these difficulties? Now, I know the answer to that question is always yes. Everyone has what it takes. You have everything it takes within you to navigate no matter what challenges you face. And part of the reason I say that is because we're never faced with a challenge that we can't handle. It's like life hands us these difficulties and these challenges that we are ready for and that we weren't ready for before that moment that we received it. And the only reason we're receiving it in that moment is because we are ready in that moment. And everything that happened leading up to that moment was preparing us for this next challenge that we're up against. But almost think of it like a video game. You have to go through certain levels before you get to a particular difficulty or challenge. It's not the first challenge that you start out with. But everything you did on the previous levels trained you and equipped you with the skills and the knowledge that you need to be able to combat whatever the next challenge or difficulty is on the preceding level. And I find that this is true in life too. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot about life that is non-sequential. We'd like to think of life as a linear trajectory, um, but the reality is it's not. The, you know, Life can kind of feel like it's hitting us from all these different angles. So I thought I might tackle this topic of perseverance because it's something that a lot of people wrestle with. And um, it's something that I've certainly wrestled with a lot in my career and in different areas of my life too. Now, persevering on something that we're tackling, it starts with the promise that we make to ourselves, right? You may not necessarily acknowledge it as a promise, but there is an element of making a promise to yourself. Because the moment you decide, I'm going to go down this particular path, I'm going to venture down on this particular journey, you're saying to yourself that I'm making a promise to follow this through. 
even if you're not using the words promise, there is a little exchange or commitment that you're making with yourself in that moment. And what persevering ensures is that you follow through and deliver on the promise that you've made to yourself. This is important because if you're not following through and delivering on the promises you make to yourself, you start to deteriorate the trust that you have in yourself, specifically the trust you have in your word to yourself. If you strip back society for everything that we know it to be, a lot of it is based on uh, agreements that people make with one another. And those agreements are typically fortified by some kind of a legal document. Now, we're so used to signing documents and putting our signature on things that it's a no-brainer to us. We just think it's part of the agreement of being a part of society. But if you stop and do an audit of all the different places that you've put your signature down, it's kind of profound. And, you know, I don't want to get into conspiracy theories because some people like to, but it's huge the amount of signatures that you actually put on all kinds of documents. You think about phone bills, rental agreements, mortgage agreements, signing almost, I know this is common in the US, it's not so common in Australia at the moment, but signing almost every transaction with a credit card, you're putting your signature down. Signing all forms of payment, bills, um, you're going into contracts with utility companies. Everywhere that there exists a contract, there is a signature that's being put down. And that contract is a commitment. You're saying, I, I agree to follow through on the commitment I'm making here. So much so that I'm willing to put my signature on this. So if at some point in the future, I come to you, my internet company or my phone company, my cell company, and say, I'm not willing to follow through on this commitment that I've made, they can wave the document in your face and say, but you signed this. You told us that you were going to commit to this. So what are you going to do? Because if you choose to not follow through on this, we have a right legally to take this to court, to see through the commitment you've made. So it gives people the power to escalate the issue to eventually get you to follow through on the commitment you've made. Now, I'm kind of exaggerating where this can go, but this is what involves making a commitment or a promise. Now, if we strip back all of the legalities of society and take all of that away and go back to a time when legal documents just weren't a fundamental part of society and the way we exchange agreements, all you're left with is your word. There was and has been a lot done and achieved and agreed upon throughout humanity based on a handshake or on the word of an individual. Because at the end of the day, that's all we've really got. And so when you're making a commitment to something that you're saying, I want to follow this path down, or I want to follow down this path, rather, you're making a commitment to yourself. You're giving yourself your word that I'm going to see this through. And so when you come up against obstacles and difficulties, what's happening is you're questioning, am I willing to follow through on the word, on my word? Am I willing to follow through on what I said I was going to deliver on? And because you didn't actually sign a contract or an agreement, and there is no real accountability outside of yourself, it's easy to think, well, I can just let myself off the hook here. 
and I won't follow through. No one's going to know. Maybe some people will know if you've made your commitment public. But, you know, I'm just, you know what, I've decided I don't want to. I don't feel like it today, so I'm out. And what's interesting is when you look at the different areas where you may have done this throughout the course of your life, you'll find that any places that you gave up because you didn't want to or you gave up because it got hard, you were breaking your word. And what that does, in my belief, is it breaks the trust you have for yourself in terms of trusting your word and trusting your commitment. And so it's important, as far as I'm concerned, that when we do make a commitment to ourselves, when we do give ourselves our word that we're planning on taking action on something, that we're going to follow it through to the best of our ability. Now, best is different on every day, like uh, Don Miguel Ruiz shares in his Four Agreements book, that today is going to be different to our best tomorrow. Some days we're going to have more in the tank to be able to deliver on our best. Whereas other days, it may be less because we're feeling unwell or something's happened or you know we've had a fight with somebody and that's thrown us off. Whatever it may be, our best is different each day. So you can at least, at the very least, make the commitment that you're going to persevere and follow through to the best of your ability. Now, this raises the question of, do I need to be absolutely determined and have total clarity that I am going to follow through all the way through before I even take the step, the first step? The answer to that question is no, not necessarily. And the reason for that is because we don't necessarily have full visibility of the obstacles we're going to encounter down the path. Now, if we spend a little bit of time, we could probably foresee the challenges that will, some of the challenges, I should say, that we'll encounter along our path. And it would be wise to sit down and write down and list out all the potential difficulties and challenges and come up with a contingency or solution to each of those challenges. So when you eventually arrive at those challenges, you're like, ah, well, I've been waiting for you. I totally expected you. Whereas if you haven't done that exercise, you're more likely to hit a wall the moment you hit this obstacle and, you know, question your commitment to it and decide, maybe I want to tap out. This is too hard. So coming up with contingencies, and I've done a whole podcast episode on this, you can, doing these contingency plans will actually ensure that you don't give up so easily. But no, you don't necessarily have to have a desire or an intention with total clarity that you're going to follow this all the way through if you don't know what you're up against. Which I know sounds contradicting to what I'm trying to deliver here throughout this entire podcast episode. But you don't necessarily have full visibility of what you're going to navigate and what obstacles you're going to face. So the wisest thing that you could do is make a commitment to following this through to the best of your ability, to as close to the end as possible. Because then if you come up against some kind of challenge that for some reason is just insurmountable, that you can't solve, and it's an absolute dead end, and maybe it's a dead end for a reason because it's trying to get you to pivot just slightly, then you're not going to beat yourself up for not following that through because you found that that was a dead end, but there was a way to navigate a slightly different detour, a slightly different path further down that I just wasn't expecting. And so the kind of commitment or promise you want to make to yourself, the word that you want to keep is, am I willing to follow this through to the best of my ability? 
I'm willing to see this through all the way to the closest to the end that I can get and deal with any challenges and obstacles to the best of my ability as I can. If you're starting with that approach, you're more likely to persevere further than you would have if you're like, I want to do this just because, because someone said it was a good idea or it seems like a really good idea or you had a bit of a fantasy about how it was going to look. Persevering to the best of your ability as far as you can go is a profound commitment you can make to yourself, but it's simultaneously the kind of commitment that will get you further than you initially thought you would get. Now, I'll give you a personal example of where this has happened. Many years ago, as a coach, I started to see difficulties in the business. I started to see a dip in how many clients I was getting, how many clients were wanting to work with me as well. So I had clients who would wrap up their time with me and they would disappear and completely ghost me. And I've shared this story with a few of my clients and students before, but it's not one that I've usually, I don't think I've ever shared it publicly. And it started to get disheartening because I had no idea why these people were ghosting me. They had just spent they had spent a lot of time with me, working with me on a lot of their deep challenges, and then they would just disappear and I would never hear back from them again. And I would follow up with them, emails, messages, phone calls, nothing. But I knew they were still around. I knew they were still engaging because I saw them on social media and things like that. But they were just what appeared to be intentionally ghosting me. And at the time, because of a few challenges that I was dealing with outside of the business, it was starting to rattle my confidence and my belief in whether or not I wanted to persevere with coaching. And so what ended up happening was I got to a point where I started questioning whether or not I want to continue with this. Because if this is what I'm going to have to consistently deal with, people just disappearing after I've spent a huge amount of my own time doing everything I could to try and change their lives with them, it was almost like they wanted nothing to do with me. And so what ended up happening was I started to go through this period of doubt and confusion about whether or not I wanted to continue. And then I realized if I give up now, if I actually give up completely, who am I robbing in the future of being able to get the experience of this work that I do? In other words, I had this insight that just kind of came to me. It was one morning while I was going for a walk. The insight hit me. There are people waiting for you out there in the world. And those people are waiting for you to get through this difficulty, to get through these obstacles. Because on the other side of that, they'll be ready, willing and able to do the work with you. And so what ended up happening that actually helped me get through that really difficult period because I knew it with a deep level of certainty and conviction that that was the truth. That if I was able to overcome my own inner bullshit and beliefs long enough to persevere, that I would arrive at the place where all these people that were waiting for me were congregating. Now, these weren't specific people that I knew. There weren't people sending me messages saying, I'm waiting for you to get over your stuff. It was the concept in my mind, knowing that they were there somewhere. So what ended up happening 
that I used as a way to help me persevere was I set an alarm on my phone. And on the iPhone, you're able to actually put a text that comes up with like a message that comes up with the alarm. And I've still got it to this day. The message says, they're waiting for you. So every time my alarm would go off and I'd look at my phone, I would see the text, they're waiting for you. And that would get me up out of bed every morning because I found a reason bigger than myself to persevere. As long as I focused on my own self and what I was trying to get from the pursuit of building my coaching business, it was too selfish. And it wasn't a big enough reason because it was a reason for one. Basically, what could I get from doing what I was doing? But then when I shifted my focus and my attention towards who are all these people that could potentially get everything they're looking for from what I can deliver from the work and the knowledge and the experience I've developed over the years, it was a reason significantly bigger than myself because of this collective group of people. And so I was able to get over myself long enough to persevere, work through my own stories and work through my own beliefs that were holding me back and, you know, silly drama and things like that. Long enough to actually find myself serving the people who were waiting for me. And what was really special for me was when I started sharing that part of my story with clients later on, uh, years later, what I didn't expect to happen was they started saying thank you. Thank you for persevering. And thank you for sticking with it long enough so I had the opportunity to meet you and be able to do the work with you. And I didn't expect that. The reason I was telling them the story was because I wanted to give them some insight on the value of persevering. Not because I was seeking a thank you or some kind of recognition, but what ended up happening consistently whenever I delivered that story, which humbles me to this day, is they say thank you. Thank you for sticking with it long enough that I got to be one of those people that you served. And so sometimes, not sometimes actually, more consistently than not, if you focus on a picture that is bigger than you, a reason that is bigger than you, to keep going down the path, sometimes that means going back to where you started and why you're doing what you're doing. Or sometimes that's digging deeper than you ever have on the reason why you're doing what you're doing. But when you do, when you arrive at this reason bigger than yourself, to continue down the path, the obstacles start to look like little molehills instead of mountains. And you're more likely to persevere. And the reason why I'm talking about perseverance is because what you seek in your life is on the other end of perseverance. You know, we hear this saying about everything you want in life is on the other side of fear, and there's some truth to that. But I like to take that and apply it to perseverance because everything you want is on the other side of perseverance and consistently showing up, which is also another podcast episode, by the way, about the importance of showing up because when you consistently show up and you consistently persevere and make your commitment to following through, you're more likely to get the fruits of your labor, the fruits of your work, whether it's internal work or external work, you will actually get the things that you're seeking. Darren Hardy talks about it in his book, The Compound Effect, where he takes the compound effect of um, interest on finance that 
Einstein is described as being the eighth wonder of the world and talks about the compound effect of behavior and habits where most people give up before they hit that inflection point where things really start to skyrocket and take off. That's where most people give up their savings. They stop saving right before things really do take off and escalate. The same is true with habits. People give up on their journey or on their road to perseverance, on their road to achieving what they're seeking to achieve because they're not seeing the results. The results are so minuscule. But that's because they're not focusing on the bigger picture of what happens once the inflection point is reached and things really start to take off. And so the only way you're truly going to get there is through perseverance. So the question then becomes, how do you, how do you know when it's time to actually give up or persevere? The best place to start is asking yourself, why are you doing this in the first place? What was the point of you venturing down this path? It's the question of the bigger picture. Is the bigger picture reason enough for you to continue persevering, for you to continue down this path? Or are you experiencing the sunk cost fallacy where you think the more you invest yourself in this path, the more likely you are to get the payoff? Sometimes we can delude ourselves into thinking that if we stick on this particular path, even though it's actually not working, it's objectively not working, and you keep running into a dead end, but you're perhaps being stubborn about the perseverance and you're getting yourself stuck, then you might actually end up eventually giving up because you're so fatigued by running into a dead end which is something I've experienced as well in different elements of my business, where I thought one particular strategy would work, I was told it would work, so I stuck with it, I stuck with it, I spent a lot of money doing it, a lot of time, a lot of energy, was all invested, only for me to actually eventually take a step back, and this is what you would do in any scenario, is take a step back and objectively look at what results you're getting. Not what your emotions are telling you the results are, but what the data might be telling you, the objective information. And when I looked at the objective information, it was all showing results of zero. Nothing was happening. But emotionally, I was convincing myself that it is going to, right? Now, I talk about perseverance and navigating the compound effect where there appears to be a little happening. The reality is there's still something happening. It's a little bit. With the compound effect with interest, it appears that nothing is happening. You're saving $50 a month, but that's still $50 a month. That's not zero. And the interest you might be earning could be a dollar a month. That still appears to be pointless, but it's something. It's not zero. And so we've got to look at the objective information and the objective data and say, are we getting results? Okay, yes, we are. Great. So then is a question of, am I getting bored? and I'm wanting to tap out, or things are getting difficult, and I don't know if I want to continue down this path. Okay, if that's the question, if we look at the objective data, we're getting results. So is it just a matter of us finding ways and digging deep within us to continue down this path? But if you're looking at the results, and you're not saving the $50 a month, and you're not earning a $1 return on your interest, or whatever it is that you're applying yourself to, you want to ask yourself, then why am I doing this? 
what is the point of this? And you might find that the only reason you might be doing it or persevering is because you were told that that's what you were supposed to do and you didn't actually stop and ask yourself, what's the point of this? Why am I doing this in the first place? So you want to be able to look at the data objectively. You want to look at the information that you have objectively. And it doesn't have to be a huge pool of information. It could only be a couple of data points, but it's enough for you to go, no, what am I doing? Things need to change here. And so then how do we create the change? And what do we do? Do we just throw it all away and give up? Not necessarily. Something you can do, which is highly valuable, is make one tiny change. That's sometimes called pivoting in the startup world and the tech world. Um, but it's also described as making a tiny little two degree change in your trajectory. The best analogy I can give you. And this is something I've heard Tony Robbins share. I don't know if he's the originator of it. But he talks about when you're teeing off at a golf course, depending on the way you hit the ball with your driver, the club, it can change where the ball lands by meters or yards just by the way you hit the ball. Now, if you change how you hit the ball by one or two degrees, that can dramatically change where the ball lands out on the green. It's two degrees here changes it by yards or meters out there. So sometimes we think we need to throw the whole thing out, start from scratch and do something dramatically different. When in reality, and I've seen this time and time and time again with clients and students, is I suggest we just make one small change and see how that goes for a few weeks. And more often than not, making that tiny change, a little pivot or a little turn starts to yield some really incredible results, which means that what they had done up until that point wasn't wasted. They take everything that they were doing up until that point and take it into what they do next with a small change. It's really as simple as that. For example, I have a client who is a brilliant lawyer here in Sydney, and he's young, he's in his late 20s, and he's achieved some miraculous things in his career so far, especially for his infancy in his career. He's dealt with a lot of large cases, a lot of large matters, um, some with a lot of notoriety in the media, and he was starting to question his commitment to the legal profession. He wasn't sure if he wanted to continue. And we had had this conversation a couple of times, but there was one particular session. This was probably back in 20, 2021. And it was, I think we had gone through another lockdown from the pandemic. And he was really frustrated with his career. And he's like, I don't know if I want to continue being a lawyer. I'm like, great, let's have that conversation. Let's play that out and see where that goes. I knew that it wasn't necessarily the case for him, but I wanted to explore the conversation because it was something that was pestering him. And so when we got to the core of it, I asked him to tell me about why he became a lawyer in the first place. And he did. He told me about the moment he decided he wanted to get into law. And that was a moment of inspiration for him. That was a true moment of inspiration. It wasn't a fantasy. He wasn't trying to rescue the world from legal issues. He just, it was an avenue and a path and a vehicle for him that he could make a difference in people's lives. And so 
when we got to the bottom of that, there was no question he wanted to be a lawyer. So then we looked up where the issue was, and it turned out it was the culture of the firm that he was working in. And he had developed the belief that if he was to change firms, he would just find himself in another firm with the same culture. And so if you think about that, in his mind, he's like, the whole industry's screwed because I'm trying to go from this firm to another firm, but this other firm's going to be the same. And if I go to another firm, it's going to be the same. So if the entire industry is like this, why would I want to continue to be a lawyer? What we had worked out was it was just the culture that this particular firm had that he wasn't resonating with, he wasn't aligned with anymore. It was a great stepping stone and he had learned a lot and he had developed a lot of opportunities throughout his career while he was there. But it was also the first firm that he had worked in of this particular size. And so he assumed, because this is what the mind does, it fills in the blanks, he assumed that other firms of similar sizes must conduct themselves the same way. And so I suggested to him that that's not true, couldn't possibly be, not in a field that has been around for centuries. And so when we were able to work through the fears of landing himself in another job that, or another firm that would have the same culture, he started to see that it's not actually the industry he wanted to leave. It was just the firm. Soon after that, he found a job at another firm, one that inspired him. And he immediately came alive in this new firm. His inspiration for the work had been rejuvenated. His energy, the way he had showed up in his work was just on a complete other level. His dedication has gone through the roof. And he's been able to deal with some really cool opportunities there as well. So that was one small change. It can feel like a big change, changing companies. But if you zoom out on your entire life, Staying within an industry, still staying within the field of law and the particular lane of law that he's in, all he did was change the firm he was working in. So he just took himself from one firm, put himself in another firm. He initially took a little bit of a pay cut, which eventually turned into a pay rise. But it was just one tiny little pivot and his entire experience changed. And as a result, he's persevered. And I haven't heard him since being in this new position, and it's been well over a year now. He has not once said to me, I don't know if I still want to be a lawyer. There has been no doubt around that for him. He's had deep certainty that this is what he wants to continue with. And the same has been true for me. Once I navigated that difficult period in my career, I haven't had any questions around wanting to be a coach or teacher or mentor. I've had absolute certainty that this is what I want to continue to do. My commitment and the promise that I've made to myself is I will continue to do this until I find something else that is more inspiring than this. That's the agreement I've made with myself. That's the internal contract I've signed. So I know I'll persevere with this, but I'm not committing to persevering with this for the rest of my life. If at some point down the path, 10 or 20 years, I find something else that is deeply more inspiring to me, then if I find that, 
I will change what I'm doing and orient my life towards doing more of that. That's the commitment I've made. So far, I haven't found anything that's more inspiring than doing this for me. This isn't for everyone, but it is for me. So that's why I've been able to persevere. And I have not escaped challenges since that difficult period. I'm dealing with challenges on a weekly, monthly, and yearly basis in my business as a coach, but also a business owner. But not once have I questioned my willingness or my determination to persevere because I know this is what I want to do. And it will continue to be what I want to do because I love what I'm doing. So you want to be able to dig down and ask yourself, why am I doing this? And then if you find that you're not getting the results you're looking for, what's a small change I can make that I can go and test to see if that starts creating results? And you'll find that quickly your desire to persevere and continue down your path will increase. And you will probably spend more time reflecting on why you do this. And that will become your North Star. And as a result, the challenges and the difficulties and the obstacles you face in your life, no matter what it is, will start to shrink in comparison to your reason for persevering. So, I thought I might give you, I know that was a lot, but I thought I might give you a lot of different elements of the value of perseverance, but then also how to navigate the obstacles in the way of us persevering. Sometimes life throws us curveballs and it's how we deal with those curveballs that determines the results and the outcomes and the achievements we experience. So I hope that was helpful. What I'm also going to ask of you is to please leave a review of this episode of the podcast, wherever you're listening to it or watching it. If it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you're downloading this and listening to it, please leave a review. It helps prop up the podcast. It helps get it into other people's awareness. And um, as long as you keep doing that and keep showing up and listening, I'll continue to deliver the content to the best of my ability. Anyway, I hope this was valuable. Hang in there, make sure you persevere, and I'll see you in the next episode. <music>